0: All Warrior Radio Network. morning to you? I had to think about what day of the week it was. Not sure that's ever a good good thing, but whatever. Um, The president of Ukraine spoke to Congress. Curiously enough, though, it was in an auditorium. Which looked kind of weird, right? I don't know why. Why would you not? Somebody didn't think lending the Congressional, the House chamber to this event was a good thing. I found that a little odd. So we're going to allow him to address Congress, but not in the House chamber the way we'd normally do something like that. So I thought that was kind of odd to start with. And I would tell you this, um, Mr. zelinskys you know, he's a professional entertainer. He knows how to speak. He knows how to deliver a line. <clears throat> and, you know, you go back to I don't need a ride, I need weapon. I was That was pretty good, right? Right. So, um... If you have not had a chance to listen to his remarks, um, I'll give you some of my notes from watching it this morning. We'll go over some news. Um, The Mensa brothers are occupied as is Grant, so we'll do some news, and and, uh, I'd be curious, for those of you that listen to this live, I'd be curious uh, about your thoughts uh, relative to all of this. And... uh, and so I'll 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 lay out mine again. And the, the big question is: Okay, so he speaks. Now what w- does that change the calculus? And I think if it did, it means that you're you have you're not paying attention. And so anyway, uh, so good morning to you. Um, so what we'll do is uh, we'll talk about uh, President Zelensky's speech, and. Um, and then we'll go through some of the the, the news headlines, and then uh, and then we will call it a day. And then tomorrow, what what I what I've asked will Jeff and Tim is is you know read or watch his remarks, and then what impact does does that have on your on your calculus relative to what is in America's national interest and what should we be doing? So that's the problem, right? That's the problem. And uh, so, good morning to you on this Wednesday. The United States Marine Corps Band makes this morning official. Good morning. dedicated to president zelensky you know um throughout from the start you know he's uh he's he's played the part you know people have, have talked about him in uh terms like uh, churchillian and uh in terms of being a wartime leader along the lines of winston churchill which is you know again churchill one of the great wartime leader, leaders as he led uh, England, through World War Two, especially at the beginning of it, when, uh, as he put it, their darkest hours. So uh, this is dedicated to the president of Ukraine. Um, you know, uh, you hope that the re- the Ukrainian military can continue to do what's done, and that the free world can reinforce it in such a way that allows them to fight for their own independence, and really by putting by defeating Vladimir Putin, right. Diminishes Russia for a long, long time, sends a message to China, and uh, changes the calculus of the world in terms of when the free world acts with concert. Doesn't matter who you are, it will not turn out well. And so, and to that end, that leaders of the free world can can act responsibly, right? But also can be huge advocates for what is right on this planet. And I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. So with that said, this is dedicated to the president of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky. Nice going, dude.
2: I'm not supposed to glamorize alcohol anymore. See, young folks, you ignore what I just said. We just have to execute. And we are executing every day. And Sergeant so Major and I are very proud of what you do.
1: Doesn't mean we can't get better. We don't we don't want to make a mistake to learn. We don't want
2: to lose to learn. We cannot lose if we have to go fight. We gotta do what these Marines did here seventy-five years ago. Persevere against difficult. Challenging conditions and odds to win You gotta win
0: We'll check the weather as is my custom Currently it is uh, mostly sunny and 59 at the crossroads of the Marine Corps Quantico. Cloudy in 66 at Marine Corps Air Station Cherry Point home of the 2nd Marine Airway. Sunny in 60 in 29 Palms. That's good because that means it's going to be warmer here in Southern California. Pendleton partly sunny, 54 degrees with three weather alerts. What the hell's that about? What happened? The beach hazard statement. Four to six foot surf. Yeah. Cowabunga, dude. What is up? San Diego and Orange County, Small Craft Advisory, and a Marine Weather Statement. Hmm. So that's going on at Camp Pendleton in Quantico. Oops, we're not doing Quantico. We already did it. At Camp Smith in Hawaii, Dark Cloudy in 70, Okinawa, Dark Cloudy 71, in Darwin. That would be in Australia, dark, cloudy, eighty-three, and in Kiev or Kiev, however you would pronounce the capital of Ukraine. It is sunny and thirty-seven degrees today, though. late in the day. So that is a uh, that is a look at your weather here. Let me. Uh, let me go through some news headlines and then we'll talk about uh president Zelensky's speech and policy implications and and whatnot so um so let me do that um I'll give you a synopsis Dan lamoth is a um is a uh is a reporter. Reports on defense issues for Washington Post. He's one of the guys I would tell you to read his daily uh, briefing. Uh, he'll he'll put in there both stuff he gets on background and he covers Secretary of Defense. I would tell you to um, Lamoth L A M O T H E. You can find him on Twitter. I'd recommend that guy to you. Another guy I would recommend to you is a guy named Jack Desh, D E T. S C H. Right, he's a Pentagon reporter, national security reporter for Foreign Policy, which is a a magazine that writes about global politics, economics, and uh, and others and other such ideas. So. I would tell you to, to take a look at what they do. But this is, this is Dan Lamoth's. Um, this is his report from ye- yesterday. No major progress for Russian forces around Kyiv, in either the northwestern front. So there's two separate fronts, one in the northwest and one in the east. The northwestern front, where the infamous Russian convoy remains stuck or the fighting through the eastern suburb town of Brovary. Maripol and Cherniv remain isolated, but Ukraine is building out some lines of communications to the latter. No major advancement around Kharkiv and no appreciable movement around Mykolov. Next bullet, he writes, U.S. observes amphibious landing ships in the vicinity of the Northern Black Sea but does not see indications of an imminent landing attempt near Odessa. Again, you've seen headlines about that. Uh, but uh, let's on the off. Both Russia and Ukraine retain about 90% of their combat power. U.S. does not see indications that Russia, Russian reserves have been going into Ukraine but has reason to believe they are considering resupply efforts. Also, no indication that Belarus is likely to join the fight soon, although you see report conflicting reports that go back and forth on that all the time. No confirmation on the death of another Russian general that was posted earlier today by Ukrainian forces near Maripol. The... um. All right, so that's that's what Lamoth wrote. Let me let me give you some headlines from Jack Dash. CNN is apologizing to viewers for not being able to warn them that there would be graphic images in the compilation that President Zelensky played in, in front of Congress. Um, This just in, this according to Desh, Ukraine is inflicting heavy losses on Russian troops with irregular tactics and better knowledge of the terrain, according to UK Defense Intelligence Agency. Ukraine has destroyed bridges to stall the Russians. Ukraine has exploited the Russian army's lack of maneuver their failure to seize air control and their inability to fight off the road. Now we talked about, I mean, you've heard us talk about this time of year when the spring thaw comes and in the fall when the rains come, this part of the country, you know, because of the kind of soil it has, turns into, you know, a quagmire. And the only real passable routes are the roads. And so, I mean, weeks ago we talked about Vladimir Putin would have a a window while the ground was firm and it was friendly to tanks to move it is not friendly anymore they are roadbound and so that makes life very very difficult for armored formations and makes it very easy for um, it makes it very easy if if you're conducting armor ambushes you know so what do you do you put anti-tank mines for the lead vehicle to hit and if they don't hit them they encounter them, and then they have to deal with them, which which bottles up the whole column. And then here's the other problem we just talked about. You can't go off-road. So you're bound to that road, and then you start shooting javelins at extended ranges, and you, and you kill them. One shot, one kill. So you can see the problem that the Russians have, and that problem's only going to get worse. Some of the things... Uh, desk rights uh, about the presentation I'll go over in a minute. And so let me just, let me go to a couple summaries. All right. So you'll find these uh, in, a, in a Reddit thread and I, they're pretty good. Uh, the Inst the study of uh war the institute for the study of war puts out a lot of good stuff don't be afraid to check them out uh and this is a little synopsis they put out this morning there really hasn't been much movement much like the u.s defense briefing it seems like most independent mappers are seeing very little movement again which you know what does it mean and again the more you see it the unmistakable conclusion is the Ukrainian military is fighting the Russian military to a standstill. Okay, which will have implications for the, you know, President Zelensky's speech. The Ukrainian government says they repelled attacks on the village of Markiev to the west of Kiev and that they defeated Russian forces on the outskirts of Maripol, reportedly where a Russian general was killed. There was no mention of whether the movement towards Curvy-Ree and Zapostroya, on the western and eastern banks of the Dnieper River, respectively, were successful, though they claimed to have repelled attacks yesterday and the Russians might be reconsolidating for a renewed push. So, again, um, the stalemate continues, and in the midst of that stal- stalemate, as, as we talked about, the only card the Russians can play is shooting indirect fire against civilian targets and military targets, and then they can make they can make local incursions with the limited infantry forces that they have, and that appears to be what they're doing. But the problem is getting more and more complicated for the Russians, right? Roadbound, suffering casualties, extended lines of communication, more troops devoted to, to securing those supply lines because if you do not. That stuff will get hammered, absolutely hammered. Okay, now here's, here's a few more news items from earlier uh, today. Uh, Russia has blocked all access to BBC News in their country. The um, CNN has been granted private interviews with Russian prisoners of war. Quote, it's not just about demilitarizing Ukraine or the defeat of the armed forces of Ukraine, but now cities of peaceful civilians are being destroyed. Even, I don't know, what can justify it? The tears of a child are even worse. The death of innocent people, children. And then another soldier said this, quote, I want to tell our commander-in-chief to stop terror acts in Ukraine because when we come back, we'll rise against him. Another reconnaissance officer spoke to Putin directly, quote, you won't hide this for long. There are many like us here. Sooner or later, we'll come home. Wow, how about that? Now, in the, in the aftermath of President Zelensky's speech, which I would encourage you to listen, listen to or watch, um, here's another news headline. U.S. and NATO allies are sending several surface-to-air missile systems to Ukraine. A senior U.S. official tells me, these systems include Soviet-era SA-8, SA-10, SA-12, SA-14 mobile, mobile air defense systems with range higher than Stingers, giving capability to hit cruise missiles. Okay. So, again, if you if you want a no-fly zone, there's a few ways you could do it. You can give them the weapons to execute it themselves. All right. So that's some of the news from... Um, that's some of, the, some of the news headlines from this morning, from some of the news ag- aggregate services. But again, the bottom line is this. Um, the bottom line is that the Ukrainian military has fought the Russian military to a standstill. Now, the president of Ukraine goes on national TV in the United States. He addresses, essentially, a joint session of Congress, but not in House chamber, and I'm again. I, I I'm curious who made that decision and why. And so um, I'll just I'll just I'll just go through my notes. He opens by talking about basic human values, freedom. Understand that we need you. What is happening to us happened to you on December 7th. It also happened to you on September 11th. We need an answer from the whole world. And then he said, I offer you an alternative. We're not asking you to fight in Ukraine. Give us the weapons to defend ourselves. Aircraft that can help. And then he starts quoting American history right I have a dream he quotes Martin Luther King twice in his speech right that his nation will be free then he goes on to say we are grateful right then I call on you to help us increase sanctions on every member of the Russian government that has anything to do with it All U.S. companies must leave Russia and stop doing business and stop helping finance this, right? Their money is flooded with our blood. And then he talked about the creation of a a union of responsible countries, really supplementing the United Nations. Right? Maybe replacing it. Because I where is the United Nations in all this? What is the purpose of the United Nations in all of this if it's not to prevent this kind of shit? I don't know. He said if such an alliance existed there would be peace. And then if if somebody broke the peace, the free nations of the world would act in concert. But that that concerted action is thwarted at the United Nations by Russia, China, nuclear powers with with uh, with veto power. Then he plays uh, a very very uh, you know difficult video. So if you're if you're looking to read headlines and not experience what the Ukrainians experience, stay away from the video. Okay. And then on the backside of the video. He comes back and he's speaking in English. And I, I thought, whoa! And again, he's an entertainer. So, and again, I'm so by nature he understands the delivery of, 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 of this of his speech, you know. And then, as he flips to English, he says, "We are fighting for the values of the world." And he ends with, you know, a a comment. Directly to President Biden, right? You're the leader of the free world. You need to be the leader of the peace. So um, then after that, I was watching Fox, and they brought uh, General Kellogg on. And Jeff's, uh, Jeff's a huge fan of General Kellogg, and he's a smart guy, right? He talked about there has to be creative ways that we can accomplish these things. Right? And he said, "We're all mindful of Russia's nuclear arsenal. That's not lost on anybody." He said, "Give them the anti-air assets they they want, they need, which is the S three hundred system." Now again, we've we've seen S seven, eight, S eight, S fourteen, S four, you know, whatever. All these anti-air systems that go beyond what Stinger does. Okay. And General Kellogg said, bottom line is that the Ukrainian military has fought them to a standstill. W- what can we do to help? Because bottom line is, a diminished Russia is, is, in, is in the world's interest. It's certainly in the American interest. So what will you do s- to support that, short of provoking some kind of nuclear confrontation, which I think is prudent that we, we avoid? General Kellogg also talked about, he said, if these numbers are true, Russia is approaching the casualty figure. I think their casualty figure for their involvement in Afghanistan was 15,000. He said they're, in three weeks, they're more than halfway there if these casualty figures are anywhere close to being right. And he concluded his remarks with, with give them the support that they need. Okay, next, CIA guy comes on, Dan Hoffman. He asks a question, he gets asked a question, are we all in, can we do more? And then Hoffman starts talking about the S-300 anti-aircraft system. And he says, I think that's absolutely critical to do. And you can defend that by saying it is a defensive system. It's not an offensive system. We're, we're only selling them things that they can use to defend themselves. If your position is the Migs cross a line of giving them an offensive capability, and we don't want to do that, all right. if that's your going in, then sell them the S300 system. Get it there. And get it there yesterday and get it there in numbers. And then then the discussion went to, you're seeing a change in, in world attitudes that has to reverberate in, in Iran and in China and in North Korea. And that's a good thing for the United States to do. So, what should the United States do? The bottom line is that his speech doesn't change the calculus relative to to nuclear weaponry. And again, I I don't think you can simply fairy dust that away. All right? And then and then afterwards the politicians came on and they, you know, they began to bloviate all over themselves. Right? So you 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 saw people say we can't stand by and we saw we you hear you hear the word genocide as as politicians seek to advocate for their party and, you know, diminish their opponent and all the rest of that stuff. Okay? So, to me, I don't think the MiGs are the most important thing out there. Okay? Um, When I look at this problem and having been involved in operations for the better part of three years in Iraq and Afghanistan, I can tell you that I would have rather had a um, I would rather have a a drone than a fighter and let me tell you why a drone that can shoot okay a shooting drone the drones stay up forever okay they they're up in the sky forever you know fighters check on station for 30 minutes maybe. And so, the, to, to me, the, the, the far more dangerous weapon, the far more lethal weapon is the, uh, and I know the MiGs are getting all this attention, but if you're, if, if you're hunting Russian air defense assets, if you're hunting resupply convoys, if you're hunting Russian armor, the thing you really would like to have is a lot of drones, that are whacking that shit on a regular basis. And they can go up and stay up in the air for twelve hours. So I think the drones were important. The the other system, the SA, I mean, look what they've done. Russia does not have air superiority in in Ukraine. And they've done that with their with the stinger and, and the mishmash of, of things. Now, here's what you have to understand. The attack on the bases in western Poland was carried out by russian aircraft that never left russian airspace that's how that's the range of those missiles so again they will still even if you have mastery in 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 much of let's say central and western ukraine with with the weapon systems that are going to get sent there they can you can you know with the the missile capabilities that the russians have they can still reach into western ukraine but it's a but air superiority is 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 now further in question so to me what we can do and what we should do in volume okay in volume is the s300 the drones more stingers, more javelins. And again, I, I still don't think you can't simply fairy dust the nuclear thing out of the equation. But what can you do and, and how do you get to, to yes on that? And again, this stuff is important. I mean, imagine imagine if Ukraine fights Russia to a standstill, Vladimir Putin is deposed. What is What does Europe look like then? And again, NATO is not an offensive organization. This is a one-man fucked-up event. And that is the guy who sees Russia as something that it's not anymore. And there's a pretty interesting article, I wish I could remember where I saw it, about, you know, Russia is a historical event now. I have to find it. If I can find it, I will make it part of this post. And so to me, when you when you look at what what the United States should do, is the United States has to be respectful of the nuclear thing. And people, I think it's irresponsible for people just to walk up, you know, go on TV and blow it the fuck off. And then what? He dusts with a tactical nuclear weapon, he dusts a couple hundred thousand people. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, you don't have that right. You don't have the right to do that. And you've got to be respectful of it. But can we still thread this needle short of those MIGs? And I say say, absolutely you can. A marginal increase uh, in MIGs with the time it's going to take to get their spare parts, right? All the rest of that stuff, get them inducted into the maintenance system, get them there and all that shit. How long will that take? I I don't know. Right? But it's probably not days. It's probably weeks or maybe a month or so. The air defense systems, you land them, right? You get them to where they need to be. You set them up and they're operational. The drones, you get them there, you fuel them, you program them and you launch them. So to me, and again, the key to it, though, is the volume that you send. You've got to be able to send it in in the volume that the Ukrainian people, the Ukrainian military needs and not just boutique stuff. It's got to get there in numbers and it's got to get there soon because the opportunity for the West is to tilt the world order in the direction of the rules-based order that's dominated the world since World War II to put China on notice and to and and again to weld China to Russia and saying you fuck sticks you enabled this you enabled the slaughter of innocent people and not all, all not only are we pissed at the russians but they're going to suffer their own fate and what vladimir putin is going to do if you believe again i don't know if you if you know These stories about interviews of Russian POWs, you know, pretty interesting. Headline, we will all be judged. Russian prisoners of war voice disquiet and shame over the war in the Ukraine. Quote. The crimes that we committed, we will all be judged. These are Russian soldiers. Now, you're not supposed to really be able to do this under the Geneva Convention, but Ukrainians fighting for their existence, right? Three captured Russian Air Force pilots who spoke to CNN did not suggest they were speaking under duress. CNN requested access to speak with the prisoners with the Ukrainian Interior Ministry. That request was made prior to a press conference that took place in Kiev on Friday. CNN spoke with the three men immediately after the press conference. CNN were the only journalists in the room, and at no time did Ukrainian security services, who were in the room throughout, interject or direct CNN or the prisoners to ask or answer specific questions. The interview was conducted in Russian. The prisoners were not handcuffed. While they did not move from their seats, they seemed to be under no physical restraint. We are reporting the contents of this interview as there appears to be a common thread appearing from other Russian prisoners of war speaking following their captures. That this is not a war they want to be fighting. The three pilots sat around a table. One of them had a gash in his forehead, which he said had been sustained before his capture. Quote, the treatment has been acceptable. They've offered us food and drink. They've offered us medical treatment, said one pilot, whose first name is Maxim. CNN's interviews with the three Russians revealed that they had deep disquiet about their mission and the suffering of the Ukrainian civilians. They also had harsh words for their commander-in-chief, Putin. And they spoke of tearful calls home. Their testimony appears to support Western assessments that there are morale issues, at least among Russian troops, in Ukraine. On March 1, a senior U.S. official said that the U.S. had, quote, indications that morale is flagging in some of the Russian units. Quote, they did not expect the resistance that they were going to get and that their own morale had suffered as a result. Maxim, an officer and fighter-bomber pilot, did most of the talking. He looked bruised and very pale, but spoke lucidly, in the tone of a professional soldier. He said he only received his secret combat order the day before Putin announced the special military operation. The pilots were asked what they thought about Putin's claim that Ukraine was run by neo-Nazis. Quote, I think it was invented as a pretext and is something that the world cannot understand, said Maxim. But Putin and his circle need this in order to achieve their own objectives one such step was that it would be beneficial for them to spread disinformation about fascism and nazism quote we didn't see any nazis or fascists russians and ukrainians can communicate in the same language so we see the good in these people it's hard to give a direct assessment of his actions but at the bare minimum judging by the consequences of his orders he is incorrect at a different media briefing in the same venue a reconnaissance officer named Vladimir who had been captured told a group of international reporters quote our government told us we needed to liberate the civilian population I want to tell Russian service members lay down your arms and leave your stations don't come here everyone here wants peace Vladimir then went a step further, saying, quote, I want to tell our commander in chief to stop terror acts in Ukraine, because when we come home, we'll rise against him. Another reconnaissance officer at the same event echoed that sentiment. You won't hide this for long. There are many like us. Sooner or later, we'll come home. The quote goes on. It's not just about demilitarizing Ukraine or the defeat of the armed forces of Ukraine. But now cities of peaceful civilians are being destroyed. Even, I don't know, what can justify, fuck, the tears of children, or even worse, the deaths of innocent people, children. He said they were aware that what had happened in places like Mirapol, where nearly... 1,600 people have been killed since the invasion began. Quote, now these are the reconnaissance officers talking. Quote, it was a horrifying fact, not just because it is a crime, it's vandalism. You cannot forgive such things. To bomb a maternity ward, he said, it's the most perverse fucking form of neo-Nazism, neo-fascism. Who would think of such a thing? Another pilot, whose first name is Alexei, added quietly, it's not really up to us who to bomb, what to bomb. It's a command. This is fascinating shit, right? Maxim, go back to the pilots, said there was widespread disquiet about the Ukrainian offensive. Quote, I know in my unit, we're totally against it. They have many relatives and friends in Ukraine, and they were told it was an operation localized to the DNR, which is the breakaway Russian Donets area, and not an attack on the whole country. My division was totally against it. If Ukraine wanted to become part of Russia to strike up some cooperation, by all means, no one would be against that, but to force them is just not acceptable. So I mean, just a fascinating um just a fascinating look at um at what's going on uh and then there's there's one more quote quoted pass passage from an unnamed soldier twenty two years old. "We are not here as peacekeepers, but to fight. We ask commanders, what the fuck are we doing here? We couldn't turn around and leave behind were echelons that killed deserters right this is that's the russian military right we were told that there were no civilians in every settlement but there were it worried us we had already realized that missiles were flying at the civilian population against ordinary towns but not the military facilities although we were told quite the opposite so we surrendered The pilots then talk about some of the orders that they were given. The first order was to attack. Quote, the order was canceled. Part of the Air Force that had already taken off had to turn back. We were happy, thought that maybe things had been resolved peacefully. He goes on, we only dropped non-locating missiles, which are dumb bombs, right? I just used the usual explosive bombs made of cast iron, the same kind we were using during World War II with some changes here and there. There are more modern ballistic varieties, of course, but the fact remains we did not use them. And then he got asked about the use of dumb bombs. It's hard to say at this point whether that's driven by expense, if it's driven by lack of inventory, or that's just driven by a desire to be more brutal in the use of force. Sergey, who's with an artillery unit, said the following. At ten hundred a.m. on the 23rd of February, we were lined up and told by the commander about Putin's order to attack Ukraine, seize Kiev, and protect the population against fascism and the tyranny of Ukraine. The pilots concluded with this. I hope our superiors have control over the circumstances, how things are going to develop in the future, to make a wish for some outcome. I'm not going to do that here, to say what I want. He talked about his contact with his family. I said I'm alive because it was our first conversation. I told them I'm alive and being held captive. We talked about personal things, about our kids, the home, not about military stuff. Of course, we really want to see our families and our loved ones, to meet them and to hug them because they are worried. But they were anxious about what might happen to them, said Maxim. Quote, the crimes that we committed, we will be judged at some point. Other than that, I cannot say. It's impossible to to guess. They will judge us. Another soldier at a different briefing expressed similar feelings. Quote, it feels terrible to realize our mistake it will take years, decades, centuries to repair the relations. I wish I could sink into the earth and vanish. So again, this has been, to watch this in real time has been fascinating. And if that's some indication of, of what's going on inside the Russian military, um, wow. Wow. So um, again, we'll get uh, Will and Jeff on uh, I'll go through the top five stories in Early Bird real quick, and, uh, and we'll get them on tomorrow, and we'll get their reaction. But again, I, w- what I would tell you is that as 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 the President of the United States has a responsibility to act in the interest of the nation. The interest of the nation is to diminish Russia. The interest of the nation is to weld China to Russia, right, and diminish China as well, and send messages, you know, that— to iran and north korea about you know what this kind of aggression will get you and again if the biden administration says that the offensive capability of the mig package is something that we don't want to see that's fine all right then get every s300 system and every other system like that and get it into ukraine and get it there in numbers and then and then allow them to create their own no-fly zone because sure as shit, that will. Sure as shit, that will. The next thing is give them every drone that you can find on the planet. Give them every shooting drone that you can find. And to whatever nations are making what they use, right, tell them to add three more shifts during the day and pump that shit out at the cyclic rate and arm the Ukrainians with his shit so they could hammer the Russians. Continue to send the javelin, continue to send the stinger, and make sure you can get that stuff in there. But I will tell you this, once the S-300 systems and, and, and the anti-air defense systems get in there, you're going to create your, a little bit of freedom of maneuver for yourself. And the, and, and the Russian Air Force, which already does not have air superiority, or already is going to have to give you more space, which then allows you to do the logistical piece. And NATO logistics compared to Russian logistics, night and day. And then you can tilt this thing in the in, in, in favor of Ukraine. And again, I don't know that, that, that many people even talk, thought about this, but imagine... A diminished Russia. Imagine a Russia without Vladimir Putin. The, the opportunity for, you know, the furthering of democratic ideals, I dare say. And again, I'm not getting Ukraine confused with, Zelensky is not George Washington. He might be a little bit like Winston Churchill, but it is Ukraine with all the, you know the fragile vulnerabilities of, of a former Soviet nation that's trying to be some form of rep- representative democracy, but there is an opportunity here, and the president of the United States is supposed to speak it a little bit, and uh, and we will see what he has to say. But again, I don't think that I don't think the the criteria for what we should do is the MIGs. I think the more important systems are the drones, because again, they stay up forever you know they they rearm they're they're absolutely effective and there's no there's no pilot up there so you can take greater risk with it and they again they stay on station forever and then you go hunt the roadbound russian armored units prioritizing anti-air defenses prioritizing armor units and resupply efforts whack the shit out of them And so the S300, the air defense systems, combined with the drones, the Javelin, and the Stinger, in in, but it's got to be in volume. And to me, you're going to put the Ukrainian military in in a great place. And then the next piece is what is the what do you do? What's the humanitarian piece in all of this? What's the humanitarian piece? Um, Top five stories in early bird today: The U.S. has 100,000 troops in Europe for the first time since 2005 and i would tell you that's the, that's the other piece of this as this thing continues right american troops have to get there because if he decides to escalate it then there's got to be an answer for that and that is patriot missile units right and that is all 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 the resources that we have if this thing escalates who's it going who's it, who what are those units and the patriot missile batteries are huge in that uh second headline us troops commuting to somalia is inefficient and risky according to top general and africom. Like okay, Ukraine war may lead to rethinking of US defense in Europe. So this is an associated press story. So and this is part of what's what will be, I mean, amazing in terms of rethinking defense and more people involved in it and 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 the criticality of the follow-through in all this. The prospect of a bigger U.S. military footprint in Europe is a remarkable, remarkable turnaround from recent history. So we were talking about pulling out of Germany, France is selling this idea of, you know, a European Union military organization that did not include the United States and Angela Merkel's vision of a Europe that embraces Russia. Think about it. this thing is turned that up on its, on its head. Right? There is a new era of sustained confrontation with Russia, said Alexander Vershbow, a former U.S. ambassador to Russia and a former deputy secretary general of NATO. He argues that the United States in cooperation with NATO will need to establish more muscular stances to deal with a more threatening Russia. Again, That's if Vladimir Putin survives this. And and that'll be a good question. Next, it's lethal here. Army maintains, aims to master the Arctic where the environment is the enemy. And then the fifth one, fifth headline is facing future threats. Time for Air Force to stockpile munitions is now according to their experts. So that is a... uh, I saw a headline that caught my attention from Al Jazeera. So these new news aggregator series, um, Al Jazeera breaks it down by uh, what's going on in the fighting, what's going on in the peace talks, what's going on relative to, to diplomacy, the death toll, refugees sanctions economics and cyber warfare so um i you know again i i think that as you as you as you turn your kaleidoscope uh relative to you know these uh these events it's always best to um to cast a wide net and in casting that net, you know, to 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 look at things. And again, I I I I constantly look at Al Jazeera because their perspective is certainly an interesting one. Um and I will tell you what. Um and this is an interesting this is an interesting little tidbit. Um Sergey Lavrov, the Russian foreign minister, right? He's quoted this morning, or today, as saying, although talks are difficult, he sees some hope for reaching a compromise. So he's expressing optimism. To me, the reason for that optimism is because how poorly it's going in Ukraine, and now they're beginning to look for a way out. Again, that could be me misreading tea leaves, but... um, the rational basis for his optimism is because it ain't going so well. and and I would tell you if you could probably see it from the inside it's it's going shitty. so anyway and again I I I would encourage you to to look, take a broad look at um take a look at those uh those pages like uh like Al Jazeera. There's an NPR report without sending troops the US is waging hybrid warfare against Russia. Well, in in the great power competition when when a great power goes to war, right? The great power's adversaries do whatever they can do to make that more difficult. And that's just that's just the way it goes. That's just the way it goes. And so but there's certain rules you know, Marcus of Queenberry's rules, Queensberry rules that go with that. And it's the one that, that is relative to this MIG thing. Are you crossing a line? It's not just another piece of hardware. So again, that'll do it on a uh, on a Wednesday edition of All Marine Radio. Thanks for listening. Um, I'm going to play President Zelensky's comments here shortly. Okay, so I will um, I will play them right after this. I've got to. Uh, I think I have them already mixed down, so I will throw them. So if you didn't get a chance to hear them, you can hear them. And then, uh, and then you'll hear this show repeat itself. So, on this Wednesday, thanks for listening. Um, the Men's Brothers will be with me tomorrow. And then I'll begin to include other guests next week and broaden the focus a little bit. So, anyway, thanks for listening on this Wednesday. I'm Mike McNamara, this is All Marine Radio. Have, have a great Wednesday, hump day. Save her for the Ukrainian people. And say a prayer for leaders here in the United States that we recognize that the success of the the Ukrainian military, the resolve of the Ukrainian people opens the door for the United States. And it opens the door to change the world order in a way that's beneficial for the free democracies of the world. And as the lead nation in that, we need to do everything we can while respecting the whole nuclear weapon thing to make them succeed. And I think that we c- you can do that. But again, you got to send them a lot. You got to send it fast. And you got to send them the right shit that allows them to create their own no-fly zone. So, with that said, have a great day. This program will repeat itself momentarily, so don't go anywhere. On that note, I'm out. See you later. Good morning.
2: Good morning, Mr. President. Good morning, Madam Ambassador,
0: who is with us this morning, Madam Ambassador. (laughs) Ambassador Makarova. Mr. President,
2: it is my honor to present to you the Congress of the United States, which has great respect and admiration and appreciation for your courageous leadership. Members of Congress, I have the high privilege and distinct honor of presenting to you the President of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky. Slava Ukraina. Slava Ukraina. Glory to heroes. My colleagues, Slava Ukraina. Slava Ukraina. Glory to heroes. Thank you very much. Madam Speaker, members of the Congress, ladies and gentlemen, Americans, friends, I am proud to greet you from Ukraine, from our capital city of Kyiv, a city that is under missile and airstrikes from Russian troops every day, but it doesn't give up, and we have not even thought about it for a second, just like many other cities and communities in our beautiful country which found themselves in the worst war since world war ii i have the honor to greet you on behalf of the ukrainian people brave and freedom loving people who for eight years have been resisting the russian aggression those who give their best
1: sons and daughters to stop this full-scale
2: russian invasion right now the destiny of our country is being decided the destiny of our people whether ukrainians will be free whether they will be able to preserve their democracy Russia has attacked not just us, not just our land, not just our cities. It went on a brutal offensive against our values, basic human values. It threw tanks and planes against our freedom, against our right to live freely in our own country, choosing our own future. against against our desire for happiness happiness, against our our national dreams dreams, just like the same dreams you have you americans just like anyone else in the United States. I remember your national memorial in Rushmore, the faces of your prominent presidents, those who laid the foundation of the United States, of America, as it is today, democracy, independence, freedom, and And care for everyone for every person for everyone who works diligently who lives honestly who respects the law we in ukraine want the same for our people all that is normal part of your own life ladies and gentlemen friends americans in your great history you have pages that would allow you to understand ukrainians understand us now when you need it right now when we need you right now remember pearl harbor terrible morning of december 7 1941 when your sky was black from the planes attacking you just remember it remember september the 11th a terrible day in 20 2001 when evil tried to turn your cities independent territories in battlefields when innocent people were attacked
1: attacked from air yes
2: just like nobody else expected it, you could not stop it. Our country experience the same every day. Right now, at this moment, every night, for three weeks now, various Ukrainian cities, Odessa, Kharkiv, Chernihiv, Enzumi, Zhytomyr, and Lviv, Mariupol and Dnipro, Russia has turned the Ukrainian sky, into a source of death for thousands of people russian troops have already fired nearly one thousand missiles at ukraine countless bombs they use drones to kill us with precision. This is a terror that Europe has not seen, has not seen for 80 years, and we are asking for a reply, for an answer uh, to this uh, terror from the whole world. Is this a lot to ask for? To create a no-fly zone zone over Ukraine to save people? Is this too much to ask? Humanitarian no-fly zone, something that Ukraine, uh, that Russia would not be able to terrorize our free cities if this is too much to ask we offer an alternative you know what kind of defense systems we need s-300 and other similar systems you know how much depends on the battlefield on the ability to use aircraft powerful strong air of aviation to protect our people our freedom our land aircraft that can help Ukraine help Europe and you know
1: that they
2: exist and you have them but they are on earth not in Ukraine in the Ukrainian sky they do not defend our people I have a dream these words are known to each of you today I can say I have a need I need to protect uh, our sky I need your decision your help which means exactly the same the same you feel when you hear the words I have a dream ladies and gentlemen Friends, Ukraine is grateful to the United States for its overwhelming support for everything that your government and your people have done for us for weapons and ammunition for training, for finances, for leadership in the free world, which helps us to pressure the aggressor economically. I'm grateful to President Biden for his personal involvement, for his sincere commitment to the defense of Ukraine and democracy all over the world. I am grateful to you for the resolution which recognizes all those who commit crimes against Ukraine, against the Ukrainian people as war criminals. However, now, it is. It's true in the darkest time for our country, for the whole Europe i call on you to do more new packages of sanctions are needed constantly every week until the russian military machine stops restrictions are needed for everyone on whom this unjust regime is based we propose that the united states sanctions all politicians in the russian federation who remain in their offices and do not uh, 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 cut ties with those who are responsible for the aggression against Ukraine from state Duma's members to the last official who has lack of morale to break the state terror. All American company must leave Russia from their market, leave their market immediately because it is flooded with our blood. Ladies and gentlemen, members of Congress, please take the lead. If you have companies in your districts who um, finance the Russian military machine leaving business in Russia, you should put pressure. I'm asking to make sure that the Russians do not receive a single penny that they use to destroy people in Ukraine. The destruction of our country, the destruction of Europe. All American ports should be closed for uh, Russian goods. Peace is more important than income, and we have to defend this principle in the whole world. We already became part of the anti-war coalition, a big anti-war coalition that unites many countries, dozens of countries, those who reacted to, in principle to President Putin's decision to invade our country. But we need to move on and do more. We need to create new tools to respond quickly and stop the war the full-scale russian invasion of ukraine which began on february 24th and it would be fair if it ended in a day in 24 hours that evil would be punished immediately
1: Today the
2: world does not have not such tools. The war of the past have prompted our predecessors to create institutions that should protect us from war, but they unfortunately don't work. We see it, you see it, so we need new ones, new institutions, new alliances, and we offer them. We propose to create an association, U24, United for Peace, a union of responsible countries that have the strength and consciousness to stop conflicts immediately provide all the necessary assistance in 24 hours if necessary even weapons if necessary sanctions humanitarian support political support finances everything you need to keep the peace and quickly save the world, to save lives. In addition, such association, such union could provide assistance to those who are experiencing natural disasters, man-made disasters, who fell victims to humanitarian crisis or epidemics. Remember how difficult it was for the world to do the simplest thing, just to give vaccines, vaccines against COVID to save lives, to prevent new strains. The world spent months, years doing things like that much faster to make sure there are no human losses no victims ladies and gentlemen Americans if such alliance would exist today that is is, 24 we would be able to save thousands of lives in our country in many countries of the world those who need peace those who suffer inhumane destruction I ask you to watch one video video of what the Russian troops did in our country in our land we have to stop it we must prevent it preventively destroy every single aggressor who seeks to subjugate other nations please watch the video
1: and in
2: the end, to sum
1: it up. Today, today it's not enough to be the leader of the nation. Today it takes to be the leader of the world. Being the leader of the world means to be the leader of peace. Peace in your country doesn't depend anymore only on you and your people. It depends on those next to you, and those who are strong. Strong doesn't mean weak. Strong is brave and ready to fight for the life of his citizens and citizens of the world, for human rights, for freedom, for the right to live decently and to die when your time comes and not when it's wanted by someone else. By your neighbor today the ukrainian people are defending not only ukraine we are fighting for the values of europe and the world sacrificing our lives in the name of the future that's why today the american people are helping not just ukraine but europe and the world to keep the planet alive to keep justice in history Now I'm almost 45 years old. Today my age stopped when the hearts of more than 100 children stopped beating. I see no sense in life if it cannot stop the death. And this is my main mission as the leader of my people, great Ukrainians, and as the leader of my nation. I'm addressing the President Biden. You are the leader of the nation, of your great nation. I wish you to be the leader of the world. Being the leader of the world means to be the leader of peace. Thank you. Slava Ukraine.
2: Glory to Ukraine.